0: Hello and welcome friends to another edition of Sustainability Now here on your community radio station. We are Forward Radio WFMP LP Louisville. We broadcast from here in the historic Hayburn building at 106.5 FM. And maybe you're listening to us online because we live stream anywhere you are in the world. You can catch us at forwardradio.org. That's also the place to go. Maybe you're listening in the future. Or you can check our archives of all of our programs at forwardradio.org. And while you're there, become a part of this community. We really made this radio station for the people, by the people. We want your voice behind these microphones, whether it's a guest on a program, doing your own access hour, or maybe starting a regular weekly program like this. You can do all of that at forwardradio.org by clicking on Participate. And finally, got to remind you that we are sustained by you. Your contributions keep this station on the air. And it is an amazingly affordable community treasure at only $20 a day. So go to forwardradio.org and click Donate become a part of it today well i am so excited to have a guest in the studio in person i don't get to do enough of this anymore ever since the pandemic kind of broke that all up and it is great to have vaughn barnes in the studio from the urban ag coalition welcome vaughn what's up what's up what's up (laughs) vaughn lives in beechmont and he has been posting to facebook and instagram as kentuckiana backyard farms since about 2017 right and vaughn has really expanded his uh, urban ag empire if you want to say it that way empire uh, sounds good i like that <laughs> word i like that I, word. I don't know that you're an imperialist though maybe not the best word but but reaching out to the broader community to help share the love of producing in the city. Uh, right. And that is something I'm so excited to dig into today. It's going to be the topic of our conversation. Uh, producing food and harvesting food and eating and saving uh, right here in the city. So uh, all those topics are, are up for grabs today on the show. So I hope, you're, I hope you're ready to get your hands dirty with us. What you are known for, Vaughn, is your work with animals. Because yes. I think of any urban ag person i know you do more with animals than anyone else so you want to start there and tell us about your menagerie
1: (laughs) okay well first i want to say i'm the first person that noticed that i did or do (laughs) this much with animals i didn't realize that i was special
0: it was just second nature huh?
1: but it just happened to be that as i got into more organizations talked to more people and everybody was like Wait, what? Wait, what? You have <laughs> You have what in your backyard? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're in Kentucky. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> and uh I'm like, wait, no. Nobody just has chickens like you have chickens. And nobody just has, you know, ducks or goats. Or like, man, dang, you have a lot. And I was like, well, how many acres do you have? I was like, well, no, I don't have acres, man. Kind of living on some square footage. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's just engineered in a way that the animals work within the space and the confines of the backyard, and everything's good. So it just wow. happened that
0: way. Wow. Yeah. So you've got chickens, rabbits, goats, ducks, and quail. Is that right? Is that the full... <laughs> That is the full and gambit right now. And you're thinking right about now. bees, as I recall, from our last time together. Bees and <laughs> fish. Oh. So
1: whoa. the aquaponics was something that I was looking into over the summer. And, you know, funny story, I'm looking on YouTube because that's where a lot of my education came from. Just YouTube and talking to people, yeah. and I see this video. It's this guy. He's in Arizona, and I'm like, all right, you know, you're in Arizona. If you got aquaponics going on, I'm gonna listen to you before I listen to the person in Florida that has aquaponics. Like, right. yeah, you're that's in Florida. That's that's an easy win. Like, who couldn't just make a layup? But you're in Arizona. All right, I'm gonna listen to this guy. And at the time, he had what 10,000 views on the video. Okay. And I'm like, all right, I'm early. This is still new. 10,000 views. That's a lot, but not a lot. But Uh still, it's a lot. And just picking up little tips on, you know, what. And I see some things. I'm like, all right, cool. IBC tote. Water runs this way. Goes into this bed. You can grow your stuff that way. You got your substrate. And, like, little things, like, you learn the language as you go. Mm. It's kind of one of those things. In education, you're going to learn the language of the people that's speaking. Mm -hmm. So I watched. I learned some stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, but I don't know when I'll do it. And, you know, subsequently, anytime somebody says, man, you're crazy, I'm like, oh, I'm crazy? Well, (laughs) I got another one for you. And uh, it happened that somebody just happened to say, like, you have goats, chickens, rabbits dude, you're crazy. You got all this stuff in your backyard. So, I right, I got something else crazier for you. I'm going to end up having fish. Fish, yeah, so, fish. The fish show, uh the fish idea happened looking on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Fast forward to uh, two weeks ago. My nephew, well, he tells us over the summertime, you know, he's graduating from Grand Canyon University. I'm like, eh. Hey. Wait, that's in Arizona. Yeah. Same place with the dude. While you're down there. <laughs> so while I'm out here, I'm going to see if I could meet this guy. And, you know, the stars aligned, really? right? Really? I sent him a message on uh, YouTube. He responded. Then I sent another message on Instagram. And, I mean, like, I had to, like, do research, like, Google this guy, yeah, yeah. look up articles that he was featured in because the the video went viral. I didn't realize, like, at the time, that 10,000 was going to turn into 4 million. Wow. So
0: wow.
1: he had 4 million views on the video and... Um, you know, of course he became this success story <laughs> in like five months. <laughs> you know, compared to, you know, five months ago, what is that? Yeah. June. Yeah. And four million views. I end up going out to Arizona for my nephew's graduation. Flew into Phoenix, drove down to Tucson, met him, seen his setup, admire this guy. Like I'm like in admiration because <laughs> what he's doing in his backyard is a reflection of what I'm doing here. And, you know, sometimes people think, Oh man, you i'm the only one like no you're not the only one there are other people in the world that think like you you just have to execute and put yourself in a position where those people that believe yeah. and think and want to do like you're doing they could either use you as an example or you know yeah. you become the example for those people that want to do what you're trying to do so. so
0: you're you're finding connections on the internet but how did you even get into this in the first place
1: great question so it was sad story <laughs> we go to jamaica uh, I had an uncle pass away oh. and I, I didn't really know him, but it's okay. my dad's brother. And you know, this is the first time I'm going to meet, you know, family members in Jamaica. And he had this great connection to the community and oh, great wow. connection with the land because he was into agriculture and they had space, but that's oh, something wow. that they just do regardless. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's part of the culture. It's a thing that just happens. So we go down to Jamaica and I meet up uh, with family members. My, my uncle, He had passed away. But again, his uh, connection to the community, his connection to the land and everything that he had going on out there was just inspiring. Yeah. The amount of people that came out to his funeral that, you know, spoke on his behalf and said all the great things that they said. That's one component. And then also how we ate while we were there. We were, we were there for about, you know, a week, week and a half. But um, it was every morning you have to go and tend to something, trade with someone. And give
0: a little to and get, get back. Mm.
1: right to get your, your breakfast together, your lunch, huh. whatever you're doing You have to do all of these things just to make your meal possible. So if it's picking up the eggs from the chicken and bringing, you know, half a dozen down to the person that had the milk, that they went and milked their cow, but they set aside some milk for the person that was going to trade with them. And you all know that this is what's going on in the morning because you got your own setup. This is the person that does chickens. This is the person that has goat milk. This is the person that has cow's milk. This is a person that has duck eggs. This is a person that has the fruits and the vegetables. And everybody did a little bit of something, but they all work together to Interconnected.
0: make Interconnected. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So I see that at that time. And then it was just like, all right, what if I did something like that when I got back to Louisville? Right. So I looked online. I was searching on Google. Then something came up on Craigslist. And this is again, 2014, like, okay. 13, 14. And I go to this seminar, Uh, a friend of mine's, we're like, yeah, we're going to start eating healthy. We're going to have our own chickens and stuff and start doing all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) We go to this little seminar, how to raise your own chickens and things like that and the different egg colors. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, we get birds that lay like blue eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, blue eggs crazy we get these chicks and we start raising these chicks and the guy that i'm supposed to give half of the flock to because at that time you know i'm not the chicken guy i'm just
0: here <laughs> just lost. just starting this <laughs> thing man
1: and we got six chicks they said yeah you gotta have at least six i don't want six i only want three mm. i'm giving three to my friend the three that i'm supposed to give to him he can't keep anymore so now i'm stuck with six chicks and I'm like, well, how am I going to make this happen? And then now I'm in the fire.
0: <laughs> I couldn't back out now because I got six lives to take care exactly. of. Exactly. And
1: they're all tweeting in this little box. Yeah. So I just start building and making stuff happen. And fast forward, you know, chicken coop, chicken run. Wow. More YouTube and more Googling, wow. more talking to farmers and things like that to to try to make something out of, you know, what I started what I thought was gonna be just little hobby and yeah. then bam.
0: Well, so it's trial by fire for sure. But there, have you met since the other other people who do animals in the city?
1: So I've met other people that have animals, okay. but again, nothing just like not,
0: scale, huh?
1: Not anything at my scale and the diversity so, of and things. the diversity wow. of animals, yeah. right? Wow, and and keeping them alive and making sure they have water and make uh-huh. sure they have food and one's not making the other sick. Yeah, All of that stuff matters yeah. when you start growing, and it wasn't something that I realized, <laughs> but as I started growing, it was like, all right, well, then how am I going to keep it all alive? <laughs> or how, where's the money going to come from to feed these things? Yeah. So a lot of that stuff started mattering more, and then I just had to put it together, and then as I put it together, I learned more about you know what it was that I was doing and yeah. found more people that I could actually show it to people come to me asking questions now
0: Mm -hmm. now you garden as well too you you grow plants too and and is there a connection then Are some of the things that you're growing in your garden feed for the animals or do they do they harvest some of the bugs or how does it work all right
1: let's let's start with chickens first chickens are omnivores so they can eat just about anything yeah as long as they can peck it off they can eat it yeah a lot of people don't know that because they think you know chickens just eat bugs, which again bugs are considered meat. Yeah. To the bird, yeah they they eat a lot of bugs. They eat a lot of you know berries. They eat a lot of you know green things. Mm-hmm. They eat a lot. They eat everything. Omnivores. So with having chickens at first, a lot of my scraps went to the chickens. Okay. Like some people give their scraps to dogs. I don't give my table scraps to my dogs. I I'd stop doing that. I gave it to the chickens cuz at least that'll turn around and turn back into an egg. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with a dog, that's another mess in the backyard to clean yeah. up. You know, who wants to be walking into a mess in the backyard right. from their dog compared to a mess from the chicken, but then you also get an egg. Yeah. Benefits. Yeah. Benefits. The same thing happened with the ducks, the same thing with the quail, but they came later. When I knew how to do deal with the chickens, right. the ducks and the quail, it was just like, well, how do you adjust? Because ducks need water compared to chickens. Ducks need way more water. Not all ducks could fly, but not all ducks can swim, too. Like, oh, wow. I, I, I learned this hard lesson huh. with a duck drowning in my backyard. Oh, my but God. again, it's one <laughs> of those things, as you grow and as you start to do it, Another sad part of the story is, like, the animals, they got to leave at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I had to show this to my daughter, like, hey, look, they're cute little and mm, they're nice. You and, get
0: attached.
1: But then, you know, you also have to take care of it. And then at the point of taking care of it, there's going to be a time where you might have to prey on it and yeah. pray over it. And it yeah. becomes the meal of the day. Yeah. So it was a, a big learning cycle for her as well.
0: Yeah. And do you do your own butchering or do you have someone to help you with that?
1: I can, but I've heard that Kentucky State has a situation where you can bring your mm-hmm. animals to them and they can do all the cleaning, which mm-hmm. to me would be way better. <laughs> I'd, like like you said, you get attached. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, It's different. You see them every day and then they all have names and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Billy, Bucky, mm-hmm. Bella. Bailey, you know, like, they all have names. So now that they all have names, you, well, you can't just put Bailey on the plate. Right, right. You know, you don't want to do that. You can't let, you know, your kid know, like, hey, man, that, that one right there. That's, yeah. So that's Sweetheart. So sweetheart went on the plate. So you can't put Sweetheart on the plate, man. You got to give somebody else that. Let them do that part. And, you know, that's then- also a part of business. You, you do good business <laughs> with somebody, you might give them one. When you get yeah. two done, they take one. And for doing the job, you get the other one. And Yeah. That's that.
0: It's, you're describing and – and that situation you described in Jamaica is – an actually functioning economy that yes. supports our community rather than concentrating wealth, right? Right. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily even cash economy, but just Correct. exchanging things, and that that's the kind of a vision I, I would love to see for our city, uh, not just in agriculture but other things too, but we're talking about agriculture today with Von Barnes he is from the Urban Ag Coalition lives in Beachmont, and has been posting since 2017 on Facebook and Instagram as Kentuckiana Backyard Farms. I'm going to put links to to those uh, those accounts on the program notes of this show, that you can find at forwardradio.org dot org, so you can get connected with the growing in our city. Uh, it's it's so exciting. Um, you know, the other thing you've described is sort of a, not just an economic system, but a food system, correct? That stands in some stark contrast to the food system most of us interact with, right? Right. You want to talk about a little bit about how Absolutely. how that fits in?
1: Absolutely. So. As we all experienced in 2020, we all had the same experience at one point in time in 2020, where you went to a store, you couldn't find the thing that you wanted. Where to go? And then all of a sudden, you had this big "oh crap" moment in your mind, like, "Yo, what am I gonna do now?
0: Can I make my own toilet paper?" (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I don't read the Bible, but this feels the (laughs) same. (laughs) <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, they don't have they don't have phone books anymore. What do you do next? <laughs> um. So that happened, you know, like I said to all of us. And at the time, one of the running jokes was, "Hey, Chicken Man, you got any eggs?" <laughs> like all my friends would have that joke. And then, like I, you know, mentioned before to another publication. Then all of a sudden, I became everybody's new best friend. Like, Oh, I bet. I was, bet. Hey, man, you know, I went to Kroger. <laughs> and, uh, look, no joke, but you got an extra dozen wow. or something like that? And I'm laughing now, like, wait a minute. So yeah. I, was, I was the joke before, but now that this happened, mm. you're really going through it. Mm. Of course I got an extra dozen, mm-hmm. but I'll give you half because I got other people that I'm sharing with. So I started sharing with people in the neighborhood. At a
0: really important time. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Um, and in e-
0: the middle of the, the social justice protests. I mean, there were correct. a lot of folks doing mutual aid, but I love your kind of mutual aid. That's right from my backyard. That's brilliant.
1: Well, one of the things that happened for me at that time was I jumped on Nextdoor, mm. the Nextdoor app. I don't know if you know about it, but Nextdoor is like Facebook, but just like. For your neighborhood. Just for your neighborhood, just for, you know, the Highlands or just for the West End or just for, you know, old Louisville, wherever you are in the city on next door, you could find your group Mm -hmm. of people around you, your neighbors. So I get on next door and I started, you know, just posting about the stuff that I was doing. And if anybody need any help, just hit me up. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Yes, I'll go outside. <laughs> so if you can't go outside, I'll, I'll go outside for you. And I don't even want anything. Just, you know, pass the word on, help somebody else out, Yeah, paying it forward. It's crazy. Like sometimes when you hear stuff like that, like, man, that's BS. That stuff doesn't work. Mm. God is my witness. The more that I gave to people, the more that my phone kept ringing really? with stuff to give away. Wow. And I was just getting so much that I wanted to just give away. I mean, I had eggs. I was selling my eggs, and I started a group to where I could sell eggs, but also, like, other people that are selling eggs, like all of us. If you have eggs, here, just we'll just be in a group, and we'll just talk about chickens to each other mm-hmm. with other people that want to start their own chickens and things so like that cool. wow that group uh grows to at the time you know everybody starts at zero when if, if you're in some type of organization or something you start a group it's gonna be one it's gonna be zero <laughs> but then it grew to right now about a thousand plus in just the neighborhoods where people are communicating and Hey, I got eggs over here. I'm all the way by Blue Lick. If if you don't want to leave PRP and go down, you know, Dixie Highway, but you're by Blue Lick, come to Blue Lick. Oh, well, I'm already on Westport Road. How can I get something on Westport Road? And I just started contacting people and doing that on next door For people that couldn't or didn't have somebody on Westport Road, I would drive all the way to Westport Road, deliver a dozen. I'll drive all the way to... Gosh, uh, the the furthest I've been to is like Prospect. Wow. Delivering, delivering a dozen eggs to Prospect. Wow. And then coming all the way back.
0: To Beachmont. <laughs> to Beachmont to go
1: way down Dixie Highway to the other end by Farnsley Mormon Man. to deliver out there. And I've been all across the city. I'm delivering eggs and talking about chickens and talking <laughs> about gardening with people. And then that's kind of how my name got to where it is right now where yeah. people just know. Like, huh. Well, Wow. Credit to next door. Credit to you all for telling other people about me having a service yeah. out here. So yeah. it was
0: cool. Well, and and that that lesson we learned from the early days of the pandemic with the interruption of the supply chain, I think, is so important for us to internalize. Right. And not just think, well, this will never happen again. That was a really extreme situation. No, I mean, this can really happen at any time. That it just showed us how fragile. Right. The the food system has become, and it it's not just fragile and scary in that way. But when you think about like what else industrial agriculture does to animals, uh, to the land uh, with the chemicals. And like, you know, right. it's starting to think about how we can produce some of our own in a, in a way that we can t- control and know what's really going into it. That's going to have an p- effect on our, the health of our, us and our community. Correct. So I'm really I am really honor you for doing that work and for spreading the message about how important it is.
1: But I think that w- one thing that happened with with me doing all this was I started finding other people that wanted to grow. Yeah. So, you know, like you mentioned, talk about the food system. When we couldn't get things in the store, it was like, well, how did people get it before you had the store to go to?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what (laughs) I mean?
1: (laughs) And I laugh. uh, I mean, we can laugh about this even now. But I say, I said to people, why don't you just do it in your backyard? Mm. I have this organization that I'm starting, Kentuckiana, between Kentucky and Indiana, Backyard be in your backyard, mm-hmm. farms. We don't have to have acres and acres. That's right. Because, I mean, look at what a farm is. A farm is, or even if we want to just say the word plantation, mm. you got this large structure house where people go to, they're at, they work all of this land back there to provide food, fiber, whatever, to the community. Yeah but that's just an oversized backyard yeah. with uh, <laughs> the, depending on how the labor force was made, you could have your house and your backyard and you be your labor force. Yeah. There You, you go. don't have to have the store provided. Right. You don't have to have <laughs> migrant workers come in and yeah. put together all this stuff. This is something that you can do yourself and that just be it. Yeah. And some people bought in and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to start growing. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of where uh i'm at now with yeah. course creation uh having open forum discussions um and and things of that nature and i guess i'm you know i'm the poster child of what it looks like when you don't know what the hell you're doing <laughs> but it's turning out to be pretty damn good yeah so. yeah
0: that is that's such a great story um and you you've kind of touched on it but what do what do you see as some of the advantages to growing in a city in an urban environment versus the, the the large scale out in the countryside
1: well, the number one advantage is just you know where it came from, yeah, just you took the seed you you know parted the soil, you put it in there, you, you hatched that it. egg <laughs> yeah you you well you didn't hash the egg unless you got an incubator but <laughs> you, you can, I know you what can. you mean, I know what you mean, but you you're a part of the whole process, and there's a different appreciation. Again, it's one of those cliche things like you appreciate it more when you did the work. Mm. There's some truth to that. It really is satisfying, isn't it? Your tomato is going to taste way better than the one from the store because it was your tomato. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what it took to, to get it to where it was at. Yeah. You know, you grew it. Your grapes taste better. Your Your peppers taste better. And it's always like that.
0: Do your kids notice, too? You're talking about feeding your kids.
1: Well, I have a daughter, and she is as involved as she wants to be. Uh-huh. Sometimes a little bit more than she wants to be. But <laughs>
0: She thinks dad's a little crazy sometimes? Or <laughs> I,
1: I don't know, man. You, you know, like, maybe in the future she'll look back and be like, man, my dad was nuts we had all this going on yeah. in the backyard. We didn't even have a we didn't even have 20 acres or something like that. We didn't have a heck of a lot of space. It was just the backyard, but we did it. Yeah. And uh I mean she likes it. Okay. She's out there with the animals. She's always uh, after school if she doesn't if she's not at soccer is, uh-huh. "Hey, can I go outside?" And she's not one of those kids that play video games. Mm. She's outside, touching the animals, talking to them imaginary friends and all that stuff back there yeah wow and because i could see that that's what's going on i nurture it like yeah. oh what do you want to name the animal oh we're gonna name him that cool we will name him yeah. that one or what about the bird and she'll name the little animals and she knows which ones are what and hey what happened to this one
0: <laughs> don't, don't want to tell her what happened to the
1: last chicken but you know you enjoyed dinner the other day didn't yeah. you right all uh, right, cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Good, good. I know ki- kids can be really fickle about what they eat, so it's good to hear that she's into it anyway. Yes, <laughs> she is. She is, she is. And you want to talk a little bit about uh, how you save on food by doing this? I mean, obviously you're producing some of your own, but you have to put something in to get something out. Uh, so have you done some sort of budget calculations to figure this out? I kind of have,
1: but is there a lot that can be saved? Yes. So to say something without giving away like the whole course, you can't save money by doing some of this stuff. Yeah. And even if it isn't saving money, like if the goal for you isn't saving money, just knowing where everything is coming from and having your hands in the process. Yeah. That's even valuable. Yeah. Like I think some of the value isn't just necessarily just saving the money, but just knowing where everything's coming from, understanding you know what good food looks like, what good right. food should taste like. Right. Um, Not necessarily buying into everything that you get at the grocery store because not all the stuff at the grocery store is what you think it is, <laughs> even though it's in the grocery store and it has a label on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll even use this as an example and a story somebody asked me one time i was like aren't the brown eggs more organic than the white eggs mm. I was like well i mean if the food that i eat is better than the food that you eat then yeah i guess i'd be healthier than you same as this chicken in the store compared to the chicken at my house but you don't know what's going on right. with the chickens at the store right you know what goes on with the chickens at my house or if you had chickens at your house you would know what's going on there in a commercial setting for you know commercial farmers you know keep this in your mind they're trying to lower the cost of whatever they have to spend Absolutely. to still give you a product right that doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting the highest quality <laughs> thing that they're giving their birds yeah. just for you to get you know 47 cent dozen Uh, eggs oh
0: man you know like
1: i mean really think about that yeah yeah, and the color of the egg that really doesn't matter because if you got like i i have chickens that lay white eggs i got chickens that lay brown eggs i have chickens that lay blue or green eggs and you never know (laughs) why would the brown why would the white egg green egg and blue egg not be the same quality if they're all eating the same yeah. food yeah. compared to the brown
0: egg. Right. So the, it's genetics more than anything, I guess.
1: Right. Yeah, the yeah. genetics is what makes the egg color, but it doesn't determine the quality right. of what's in the
0: egg. Don't judge a book by the cover. <laughs> so
1: having to teach people that sometimes it's like, oh <laughs> so I'm being bamboozled.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Every pursuit. day, there's a lot of money going to bamboozling. Yeah, man, you're getting
1: you're getting marketed to. They <laughs> exactly. are they are tricking you. Yes, exactly. there's some trickery going on. Yeah. So you know that was a part of again the the educational part point that I have with Kentucky and the backyard farms, I was teaching people like there's some things that you're getting tricked on at in, in the in the store. Yeah. And if you own the process, if you own the food system. You would know, oh yeah, that's BS. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna buy into that. That's when they say organic, this is really what they mean. When they say that this is fresh, well, in order for it to be fresh, how far away could it be from the store? Because if they had to pick it up, package it, ship it out, clean, or excuse me, pick it up, clean clean it, it package it ship it out that's all get done in a day no no especially when people don't want to work
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly Yeah. How fresh is it? That's the question. Correct. Uh, I'm speaking with Vaughn Barnes today here on Sustainability Now. So glad to have him in the studio with me. We're talking about urban agriculture and you can follow him on Facebook or Instagram at Kentucky Backyard Farms. Uh, what about water? Let's talk about water. You mentioned uh, a, dr- a duck drowning in your backyard. You got a pond back there. What do you do to save on water too?
1: All right. First, let's let's go over the duck drowning.
0: <laughs> That's a full uh, story there.
1: And this is also going to tie into how I save on water. Ducks, in order for them to eat, they need to be drinking water as well. Whereas like chickens, like they don't really need to drink water and eat at the same time because ducks, because of that bill and no teeth, they kind of like just oh. smack on food and they need that- their food to be wet. Their, their food being moist okay. and wet is mushy, so it goes down I easier and they about eat that. like that. Okay. That's why ducks need water. But the bad thing about ducks needing water is they like to play in the water. They <laughs> splash around in the water. They'll eat and then also, like, defecate right there in the same place. Yeah. Their feet, because it's webbed, carries more dirt than the chickens that's spread out. So their water always gets, like, nasty quick. Huh. Their water would get, like you could have crystal clear just from the faucet just out of the, just out of the gutter from uh-huh. rain you put a duck around it and within like 5 <laughs> seconds they're in and out in and out from the dirt to the water to the dirt to the water and then you got mud so the ducks have to be separated from water if you don't want to always change your water oh. out and you're in a confined situation but how do they eat well they Okay. <laughs> we're, we're giving away the secret here. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the secret is to have just enough space for them to to stick their bill in,
0: mm, to get the water. But not put
1: their feet in. But not get their whole body, of their feet, mm. and all of that. And um, there's different setups. There's different ways. You know, you could have the water outside the pen area where there's, like, slits in the fence mm-hmm. for a duck head to just go out, mm-hmm. duck their head in the water. Almost, like, just swish their head around and that be it. But, uh, again, that's a pro tip if you want ducks.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um,
1: How did the duck drown? So, I had steps. The way that the the water situation is set up in the backyard, there's 55-gallon drums, the blue drums. You ever seen one of those? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I cut one of those in half. Yeah. The long way. So, it's about, you know, call it 23 gallons. Right. This thing's sitting sideways, and there's bricks on the side for the duck to be able to walk up. Hop
0: on up in, okay.
1: Baby ducklings, they walk in. They jump in, and then they swim around for a little bit. They duck their head, I'll throw some food in there, and then I'll throw some food out of there. But they have their own little water that they can mess up. Um, I did that one morning, and I left out, and I came back, because, you know, the ducks are just swimming in the water. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Like, it couldn't get out. (gasps) So where you would think, you know, the ducks could just...
0: And they can't fly. (sighs) uh, Oh, no.
1: Can't fly, can't get out of the water, and uh, there wasn't, like, a raft or something in there for Mm. it to go and rest Mm -hmm. on. And, um, Mm. you know, goodbye, little duck. But it was a, a process that I definitely was, okay... The ducks can't just go in, you know, two foot high water and swim around and be OK. It's not going to work. They need water that they could at least touch. And there has to be a platform that they yeah, can jump on okay. if they want to rest that floats around. OK. And all of these things. But this is what happens when. You didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know. But um, this is what happens when you're, you're in, you know, a backyard farm situation yeah. and. You don't have the luxury of having, you know, said pond. You gotta kind of just work around your limitations. So now, like, I don't keep the ducks in the water. If they're gonna have water, they only can duck their heads in and pull their heads out. Nothing to where they can just, like, go bathing in unless it's maybe six inches of water. Okay. okay. And that's like a kiddie pool. Yeah. Where kiddie pools halfway up, they could. Going there, if they want to get their feet wet, feet sweat. They can get their face wet by ducking in and ducking out. But it's never going to be so much water that they can just go in, yeah. can't get out, and then they're drowning.
0: Okay. So, All right. And you mentioned uh, rainwater. Do you do you capture a lot of rainwater on your property and use so, that?
1: So what I'm doing for you know to, I guess help mitigate how much water I use from MSD. Yeah all my shelters have and again this is a pro tip for anybody that wants animals <laughs> you know i'll have an online course where you can see how i'm doing this but the same way that people catch rainwater for your garden hmm. i do my rain i do my rain barrels like that but i cut the drums in half so the animals can always just drink from the water okay. that comes from the rain and the way that it like the way that it's set up is the water is in the shelter, so it doesn't freeze as fast as long as nice. there's something you know moving around in the water for most part in the winter time. The animals are always yeah. you know ducking their heads in or doing something, so the water always moves it's not yeah. always frozen overnight that's when it'll
0: mm-hmm.
1: it'll freeze overnight but during the winter time it's tucked away inside the shed, but the gutter. Uh is connected to the bin. So as it rains or anytime there's any type of precipitation, whatever, it goes in there and it stays in that half gallon or wow, that half yeah. fifty-five gallon drum. Mm-hmm. And they're set up off of every gutter in the backyard. Oh, wow. So every section of my backyard has a drum cut in half where animals can go and wow. drink water from.
0: And with the animals getting in and out of there, you don't have a problem with mosquito larvae? No. Wow. Okay. What
1: will end up happening, like, say, for instance, over the summer, um, if anything's in the water, by the time it's in the water, the ducks normally found it, I and bet, it yeah. wasn't in the water much longer. It yeah. became duck food. <laughs> so the chickens did the same. Ducks did the same. Uh, quail, not so much because... They're a little, um, they're a little bit different type of bird.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about quail. Do they need water to eat? Uh, they don't need water to eat.
1: They're like miniature chickens, but they're, okay. not, they're not as smart and they're not as fast. Yeah. So like chickens, they run around and they're kind of like, you know, swift quail. Yeah. They're a heavier bird, but mm. they can fly a little, mm. like they glide so to speak, mm. or like flap their wings. What what was that video game where you just, like, tap the screen and, like, the thing just flapped and it would go down? Quail are like that. Like, they flap, they go up in the air, and then they get tired and they just drift back down. They get back up and they drift down. They kind of...
0: So you don't have to worry about your birds flying away from your backyard?
1: No. No, 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 no. Um, Even, that's another one of the things that people ask me, like, when they walk around the neighborhood. Like, hey, your chicken, I see your chicken in the backyard or somebody else's house. Is that okay? I'm like, well my neighbors are cool with it they don't complain they always come into like hey man i love your chickens man. yeah <laughs> in the neighborhood. unless they're lying but <laughs> you know it's been what you know 27 2015 uh, six years wow yeah yeah it hasn't been it hasn't been a thing yet
0: but that's uh, good to know because uh I would, be, I would imagine many people in the back of their mind are thinking what will my neighbors think <laughs> well
1: okay so 2015, when I started all of this stuff, I did have that same thought, like, damn, what are my neighbors gonna be thinking about it? 2017, by that time, I was already post. I started posting in 2017, but by that time, I've dealt with the the neighbors saying, like, hey, there's a rooster somewhere around here, and I'm like, man, I have no idea where this rooster is (laughs) at. And then finally, it was like, aren't you the man with the rooster? (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm the guy with the rooster. (laughs) Man, I love that thing in the morning. That's so cool. I'm like, really?
0: <laughs> and it
1: shocked me that my neighbors would love the sound of a rooster in the morning. It was like, okay. man, it just makes me not feel like I'm in the city or in the yeah. crazy situation. It just, it sounds different. So it feels different in the morning or right. like I'll see the birds out in the front of my yard and I just want to sit out there and watch the birds. <laughs> but now in, in my mind where I'm like, dang, I'm disrupt- I'm disrupting the whole neighborhood. <laughs> I didn't realize that I'm bringing peace to some people. Like, they actually go outside and watch. They watch the birds.
0: Isn't that interesting? There
1: is a thing called bird watching. Yeah. People really do this. Yeah. I thought it was just like a saying and <laughs> nobody get, you know, cared about that. No, they really sit there and watch the birds. People drive by and they take pictures of the birds. It's soothing
0: it. for people, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, didn't realize I was part of mental health
0: in the community there you go multiple benefits (laughs) correct we're we're nearing the end of our time but you've mentioned it several times so i want to make sure we highlight you're working on a gardening and urban homesteaders course is that right
1: correct so with um uh jefferson county extension office Bethany Pratt.
0: Yeah, Bethany.
1: And uh, Letitia from Barefoot Farm. Yeah,
0: Letitia. You're mentioning some of my favorite previous guests here. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we're getting together, and we're going to um, host a course online uh, next year. This is like the first time I'm. we're actually going to talk about it somewhere. Oh, wow. So you got the scoop. Oh, wow. Um, we're all going to do this course. We're doing it online.
0: Is it in the winter-spring time? Or? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're going to do
1: a winter-spring course. Um talking about how to start, how to grow. And then the second half of it will be everything that I deal with. Yeah. The husbandry, uh, water conservation, uh, animal management, chickens, all of cool. that stuff. So both of us, uh, both of our farms, along with you know extension office, we're putting this together. And then after that, that's when I'm gonna dive into all the things that I do personally uh-huh. On a separate thing. Okay. So we got the first course that's going to happen. That's kind of like my, you know, face plant (laughs) (laughs) into the water (laughs) with uh, dealing with people out here. And then uh, when I do my course, my course, there's going to be some differences. There's going to be some things that I want to talk about uh, with the group course Uh with Bear Fruit in the extension office. And then the things that I talk about on mine that are going to be completely different will lead into, you know, me consulting and the gardens that I've grown or the people that I've worked with, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, getting on next door, somebody wanting a garden in their backyard, but they didn't know how to or, right. or where to start. And I put that together for them. And like this year, it's just been like an abundance of peppers and tomatoes. Oh, and I know. mint and lettuce. And, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like right now, I'm I'm in the process of tearing out that that install, but the good thing about the tear out is whatever they don't want to eat, and they're like, all right, you know, I've had so much. I like I've given to everybody down the street, and I, I've given to my <laughs> daughter, and I've given to this person, that person. We have so much. Like, like what do we do with all of it? I was like, yeah, you either sell it or you give it away. Like, yeah. That's that's the point of yeah. of doing this. <laughs> you want to be able to give it away. Like this is a conversation starter for you. You want to meet somebody else? Mm-hmm. Put a basket together and just. Like, hey, man! Look, I seen see you guys with your bags walking in mm-hmm. from Kroger the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I got something fresh for you. This is fresh from the garden. You didn't have to pay for it it's from me. Wow, wow! So, yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's uh, great. What the garden space is. And yeah.
0: and the, the the this first course in the winter spring through uh, extension, uh-huh. is, it's going to be free, right? Uh, is, or is there a registration maybe? There's
1: going to be a registration okay. fee, but the the thing about that we're, we're still working out the details, yeah, but I'm we sure. know, like, you're going to get seeds, you're going to get oh, trays, really? you're going to get... Nice. There's there's a lot that we're trying to pack okay. into this. going to get you
0: set up. Okay.
1: Because the goal, you know, my goal, every time I'm talking to somebody is, how can I stop selling you eggs? Yeah. I yeah. don't want to sell you anything. <laughs> I want to teach you how to fish.
0: Yes, yes. I'm trying to teach
1: it. you how to fish. Like, I don't want to sell you the thing. I want you to be able to do it. In your own space, with your own energy, so you can appreciate it more, yeah. and, and it could be a, more of a benefit to you. Okay. So um, teaching everybody is definitely where I want to go with it, Yeah. and, uh, that's, and that's how it's going to be.
0: And is the course going to be in person or online? Both. Okay, a little both. bit of both. Are they going to get to visit your place in Beachmont?
1: And um, Probably not the one in Beachmont. It'll probably be a different okay. location. But um
0: going can see what you do. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: Um That's exactly There, there are, and and again, because of the laws and the way that things work with how many you can have on a property. Yeah, I've divided a lot of my animals up between backyards, right, so right, they're not just in one space. There's
0: the empire right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're not just in one space. They're spread out, so you you get to go to, you know, different setups and. Well, how do you deal with only having you know eighteen hundred square feet? Well, right. like eighteen hundred square feet, you can do a lot if you if you do it right. set it up right. <laughs> yeah. If you don't set it up right, you'll have you know animals running around your neighborhood and things will look crazy. And yeah. if you don't want, if you don't have the neighbors that can tolerate that, then you run into an issue. But if you have neighbors that like you know, shout out to all my neighbors. I got fantastic neighbors. <laughs> all my fantastic neighbors. They love me. They 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 care about the animals. They get to see the animals. They appreciate it. They come by. They take pictures by the rooster mural. They Oh you got uh,
0: a mural too. Cool. Uh man, you never seen a mural? I have gotta get out to your place, man. I have not so, seen this
1: magic. So the rooster mural got done by Damon Paints. Oh. Do you know who Damon is?
0: Uh if you've
1: seen any murals? of the if you've seen any of the garages. Yeah. All the garages around uh the Highlands. And new Lou and old Louisville
0: all of these you recognize that style
1: da- yes okay. Damon Damon is a guy there's probably like maybe two other artists but like Damon's yeah. like the one that's awesome Damon was the first and even if he wasn't the first I just said he was the first <laughs> Damon uh oh man great story I meet Damon he was doing a installation at somebody's house and I was just like dude are you the one doing all the garages yeah. huh? And he was like, Yeah, I posted about it on Facebook, man. And <laughs> nobody wanted me, like, I really wanted to do some artwork and nobody wanted me to do one. And then finally, somebody let me do one. I put I took a picture and posted it, and I've been slammed since. Really? Okay. So, Damon's so busy. I meet him in 2020. What was it, a whole year later?
0: Wow. So twenty twenty one. It took a year to get on his list,
1: huh? (laughs) I was on his list in the beginning. He was like, by July. He was like, I'm busy all the way out until July. Wow. So I called him again in July. He couldn't do it. He ended up getting back into work. He was busy, and I was like, all right, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll We'll find the time. It just so happens to be I hit him up one day, and I was like, hey, man, you still doing that artwork stuff? He was like, yeah. I was like, can I get this rooster?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was like,
1: you know what? It's been a year, and uh, I'm actually free today, so you want me to come by and do that it? That day. Now, oh, my God. Man, I, look, I've been blessed when I talk to people and they just come through for me. Wow. Just like the dude in Arizona. Uh-huh. I went down to a TED Talk in Atlanta talking about uh, food systems in Atlanta. I met a guy that did that TED Talk. Wow. Uh, and then Damon with this artwork wow uh he did my mural he came out that day uh threw a rooster up on the garage and then like now when you drive by it's like that icon the,
0: in your neighborhood I'm that's sure. the
1: spot in the neighborhood when people are like where are the chickens come <laughs> the chickens are coming from that house right there yeah the house with the rooster he for doesn't
0: sure. hide it he lets you know and he will <laughs> teach you how to do it his name is vaughn barnes thank you so much vaughn for taking the time to join me today this has been awesome man no
1: doubt no doubt
0: Check him out on Facebook and Instagram at Kentuckiana Backyard Farms. And stay tuned, my friends. Coming up in just a second, I'm going to have your community action calendar with all kinds of ideas for how to get engaged in sustainability this week. So stay tuned, my friends. We're back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg. I hope you've got your pencils sharpened and your calendars out and you're ready to take action for sustainability this week. So much going on in early November coming up on Tuesday the 9th at 6 p.m., it will be Bernheim's State of the Forest. It's taking place online. You can join us for Bernheim's annual State of the Forest presentation. You'll have the chance to catch up with Bernheim staff, here. updates on Bernheim's conservation research, learn about new, innovative projects and partnerships taking place at Bernheim, and see what Bernheim is doing to bridge the nature gap. Registration is required. There's no cost, but space is limited. So go to Bernheim.org, B-E-R-N-H-E-I-M.org to register for the State of the Forest this Tuesday the 9th at 6 p.m. Then right after that, you can join Louisville showing up for racial justice on Zoom for their monthly meeting on Tuesday the 9th. From 7 to 7.30, there'll be a newcomer welcome, which is great for new folks or anybody who wants to learn more about L-Surge. From 7.30 to 8.30, you can learn about actions and events that you can get involved with this month or even this week. Feel free to join at either 7 or 7.30, but you'll need to register at bit.ly, bit.ly slash l surge meeting, L-S-U-R-J meeting. Surge, of course, is a national network of groups and individuals organizing white people for racial justice. Through community organizing, mobilizing, and education, Surge moves white people to act as part of a multiracial majority for justice with passion and accountability. Surge provides a space to build relationships, skills, and political analysis to act for change. And you can learn more at Louisville, surj.org Now, coming up on Wednesday the 10th from 1 to 4 p.m., you heard about it on last week's show. It's the Louisville Sustainability Summit 2021 taking place online, powering the movement, building community to fight climate change. Building on our mission to connect communities and create change, the Louisville Sustainability Council presents this annual summit. This event will feature, will explore the intersections between climate change, social equity and community resilience. Join us to discuss climate justice, advocacy and community building to discover your role in creating meaningful change. The schedule features a 1 p.m. keynote by Jasmine Crow, founder of Gooder, a sustainable waste management company that leverages technology, Technology ...to combat hunger and reduce food waste. A 2 p.m. Connecting Louisville Communities for Climate Action panel featuring Ebony Cochran of the West End Air Quality Movement and Melanie Long from the Center for Neighborhoods and Sean Treese Martin of KFTC and many other fine organizations. At 3 p.m. there'll be a panel on linking businesses and communities to accelerate impact with Katie Huntmore from Nationswell, Scott Columns from Canopy KY and Lisa Zwack of of Kroger. And then there'll be a after-party at Logan Street Market taking place in person at 4 p.m. You can register and learn more at louisvillesustainabilitycouncil.org. Now, also Wednesday the 10th, that evening at 6.30 p.m., it's the 15th annual UofL Ann Braden Memorial Lecture featuring Elizabeth Hinton. It'll be taking place in person in the Student Activity Center Ballroom and live streamed online. The Ann Braden Institute for Social Justice Research is thrilled to announce that Elizabeth Hinton will present this year's. Ann Braden Memorial Lecture on the Fire This Time! Police Violence and Urban Uprisings from the 1960s to Breonna Taylor. Dr. Hinton, Associate Professor of History and African American Studies and Professor of Law at Yale, is one of the nation's leading experts on criminalization and policing. Dr. Hinton's research focuses on the persistence of poverty, racial inequality, and urban violence in the 20th century in the U.S. Her new book, America on Fire, the untold history of police violence and black rebellion since the 1960s, uh, Hinton offers a sweeping historical account. From May 68 to December 72, by her count, some 960 black communities across the country saw nearly 2,000 separate disturbances, resulting in nearly 40,000 arrests, with more than 10,000 people injured and at least 220 killed. These incidents, which were often violent, were labeled riots, a label which has stuck. But Hinton argues that they must be understood as rebellions, part of a sustained insurgency against entrenched inequality and the harsh policing of the escalating war on crime. As Hinton demonstrates in America on Fire, the massive nationwide movement of 2020 protests in response to the killings of George Floyd by Minneapolis police and Breonna Taylor, by Louisville Police, had clear precursors, and any attempt to understand our current crisis requires a reckoning with the recent past. Presenting a new framework for understanding our nation's enduring strife, America on Fire is also a warning. Rebellions will surely continue unless police are no longer called on to manage the consequences of dismal conditions beyond their control. And until an oppressive system is finally remade on the principles of justice and equality. Dr. Hinton's lecture is free and open to the public and will be live streamed from the Student Activity Center Ballroom. Find more information and the link to register at louisville.edu slash sustainability. It's free. It's this Wednesday the 10th at 630 at UofL. Now, through December 11th, the Louisville Metro Government Parks and Rec Department is looking for volunteers for community tree plantings uh, to help with these fall planting of street trees in our urban core. No experience is necessary. Tools, gloves, and instruction are all provided. And this year they are focusing on the downtown Central Business District because it is one of the worst heat islands in Louisville. I had such great fun on Sunday planting trees right downtown across from the Omni on 2nd Street with other volunteers. And you can help out this week on Friday, November 12th from 10 a.m. to noon right here in downtown. Uh, There'll be an Upper Highlands neighborhood planting at Gardner Lane on Saturday the 13th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they'll be returning to the downtown Central Business District for Saturday the 4th and 11th of December from 1 to 4. You'll need to register for these volunteer opportunities to be sent the specific site location and you can do so using the Better Impact app. Find the link to register at facebook.com slash Lou Urban Forestry L-O-U Urban Forestry or for any questions you can contact Sarah Flarsheim at 502-901-8191 and I hope to see you out on the streets planting some trees with us. Hey and speaking of tree plantings coming up this Saturday the 13th it is the next Louisville Grows tree planting in the Russell neighborhood from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. we'll be meeting up on Muhammad Ali Boulevard at 1901 West Muhammad Ali at the Quinn Chapel AME Church. Louisville Grows invites you to our second tree planting of the fall on Saturday in Russell. No experience is necessary. Everyone's welcome to come play in the dirt with us. Citizen Foresters will be there to lead you in becoming a proper tree planter. With an average tree canopy of only 21% compared to the recommended 40 or more percent, Russell needs more trees. Trees provide vital shade to help alleviate the heat island as well as habitat, clean air, visual and noise screening, and stormwater retention. Citizen foresters are all interested volunteers, and all interested volunteers are welcome. Dress appropriately for the weather and plan to get dirty, my friends. We will plant trees come rain or shine. If you have questions, you can contact Charlie at volunteer at Louisville org or 502-655-9830 and you can register at tinyurl.com slash plant russell r-u-s-s-e-l-l 2021 or find the link to register on their facebook page facebook.com slash louisville grows and i hope to see you out there saturday the 13th at 9 a.m 1901 west muhammad ali boulevard And also finally, Saturday from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. is the next in the Tenant Organizer Training, Collectivizing Our Struggles in Collaboration with Tenant-Led Organizations Across the State. Kentucky Tenants, a project of Root Cause Research Center, launched this Tenant Organizing Training Series in August, and it continues this Saturday the 13th with Working with the Press, a training for tenants and organizers. You can sign up anytime between now and the final training on December 18th. Learn more and register to participate at Rootcause Research slash tenant training. And finally, on Saturday the thirteenth at six PM, though, will be Americana's ninth annual dinner with a 6 p.m. reception and silent auction and the 7 p.m. dinner and program taking place at the C2 event venue at 225 East Breckenridge Street. For the ninth year in a row, we will celebrate the service and impact Americana has on the international population of Louisville. Your attendance will help Americana support refugee and immigrant residents of all ages to reach their potential, to be happy, healthy, and productive members of our community. Join us for Edgardo Mancia's final annual dinner before he steps down as executive director of Americana Community Center. A donation to Americana's annual dinner is an investment in Louisville's international community. Their mission is to provide holistic services to our refugee, immigrant, and underserved population to build strong and healthy families, create a safe and supportive community, and help every individual realize their potential. They help bridge the gap from surviving to thriving through education, family support, youth achievement, and career and financial development. Each year, America serves more than 5,000 people from over 100 countries in their pursuit of better days and brighter futures. COVID vaccination or negative tests is required for entry. You can get your tickets and more information at americanacc.org. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I'll be back in your ears again in one week's time. Until then, be well, my friends. Eat up!